You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 23, Releasing Judgment. This is Less Drama, More Mama, a podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hey, Mama. I'm so excited to talk about this topic today. I have a little cold, so please excuse my voice today. I mentioned in the last episode that I was going on my first ever Disney cruise over winter break, and it was amazing awesome, fantastic. I could go on and on about it, but I'm not going to because I want to give you really valuable content in exchange for your most precious commodity, your time. But here's what I noticed on the cruise. I noticed my brain judging other people. What? Did I just say that out loud? (laughs) I know most people would never raise their hand to actually admit that they judge others, But the truth is that we all do it. And what I've found is that the more curious and open I've been about examining my judgmental thoughts, the better I've been able to understand myself and those thoughts and ultimately to change them. In fact, I think this is some of the most challenging and rewarding self-coaching that I do because it requires me to take a look at some of the thoughts I may not be so proud of, or that trigger an intense emotion or reaction. It's important to understand that we humans have survived and evolved to this point in part because of our brain's unique ability to judge. Remember that our primitive brains want to keep us alive and protect us. Its three main goals are to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. Since humans are social beings and need one another to survive, we need to decide pretty quickly, is this new person going to help me or hurt me? Does she pose a threat in any way? Can I trust her? Our brains are constantly making judgments based on our past experiences about what's safe and unsafe, good and bad, healthy and unhealthy. But if we had to really get to know every person we encountered to determine whether to interact with them, we'd never get anything else done. We're wired to make automatic judgments about other people and their behavior, so we don't have to waste time or energy investigating and understanding every single thing we see. Judging helps us make swift decisions and move on. It's a normal, natural human instinct. Judging others only becomes a problem for us when it goes unexamined and when we believe that all of our judgments are facts that reflect the person being judged. The truth is that judging another person doesn't define who they are. It defines who we are. When we judge others, it says way more about us and our thoughts than it does about the person we're judging. Judgments are just opinions, which are thoughts. And these thoughts are usually very black or white. Something or someone is either good or bad, right or wrong, worthy or unworthy. There's no tolerance or space for imperfections, mistakes, or areas of gray, which means there's no room for humanness. To err is human, right? 
We're all human. We're all imperfect. And I believe we're all worthy of love. When you can just allow people to be who they are, which is a big, beautiful human mess, and love them anyway, you get to feel the effect of that love for yourself. You're the one who benefits. Because your brain uses its ability to judge as a way to protect you, finding and focusing on other people's flaws is its way to avoid looking at your own perceived shortcomings. For example, if you're uneasy about how you're showing up as a mom, it's a lot easier to focus on somebody else's parenting than your own. Maybe you feel guilty that you're not around for your kids enough, or that you allow them too much screen time, or you often snap at them. If you see someone screaming at their kids in public, you can think, well, at least I'm not doing that. You can feel a little bit better about yourself, and even a little self-righteous, because you can think, well, at least I'm not screaming, or at least I'm not screaming in public. Brene Brown talks about the idea that whatever you judge in someone else reveals to you an area of your life where you're judging yourself, where you feel inadequate or are vulnerable to shame. Noticing someone else's imperfections is always more comfortable than noticing your own. If you're listening to this and thinking, this isn't relevant to me, I don't judge other people, stick around and listen to this entire episode. Be open to the idea that we all judge others, and although it's challenging to acknowledge, doing so will help you learn so much about yourself and help you to grow. Pema Chodron said, if we learn to open our hearts, anyone, including the people who drive us crazy, can be our teacher. Start thinking about your own judgments of the people in your life. What judgments do you have about how other parents discipline? what they allow or don't allow their kids to do. What do your own kids do that you judge as good or bad? And it doesn't necessarily have to do with parenting, but I want you to think about what frustrates or annoys you. What do other people do that shocks you or that you believe is wrong? Maybe you judge the way someone dresses or the way they drive or their work ethic. What kind of labels do you put on people when they behave a certain way? Are they lazy or greedy or selfish or rude? Maybe you think your neighbor is noisy and inconsiderate. All of those are windows into your judgmental, critical mind. I think of judging others the way I think about eating sugar. It can become a bad habit or even like an addiction we turn to when we're feeling insecure or vulnerable and we want to escape those feelings. I also get that initial hit of dopamine, that initial rush of feeling self-righteous and superior, and then I crash and feel regret and shame and worse than I did beforehand. Because judgment and negativity and hate just feel bad, and nothing good comes from them. I want to give you some personal examples. One time in the library, I observed a mother very clearly say to her daughter, you're allowed to check out two books. You never read all the books you get, so you're only allowed two. She held up the number two with her fingers. When the daughter brought her five books, the mother simply said, okay. I thought, what? Did she actually just do that? Another time, I witnessed a mom waiting in line for customer service with her two-year-old who suddenly needed to use the bathroom. The mother asked, can you hold it? When her daughter said she couldn't, 
The mom let out a sigh of exasperation and said, if you make me lose my spot in line, I'm going to kill you. Seriously? I wanted to punch that mom in the face. I had all kinds of critical and judgmental thoughts about both of these moms. They don't know what they're doing. They're going to screw up their kids. I mean, but why? Why did it bother me so much how these other moms behaved? It certainly wasn't any of my business what they did. It wasn't like they were beating their kids or starving them to death. Well, when I'm really honest with myself, I can acknowledge that I've said things I've regretted, I've reacted too harshly, and I've made empty threats too. I didn't like that mom in me. And so I can make that known through my judgment of other moms rather than admit it about myself. I used to judge my own mom for the way she held on to items in her house and didn't throw things away. Of course, I struggle with the exact same thing, but it was a lot easier to look at her stuff than mine and tell her what she needed to get rid of than to make those tough decisions for myself. I used to judge public speakers when I went to conferences or lectures. I'd think, they don't sound very intelligent. I wish they would get to the point already. Ugh, they're trying too hard to be funny, and now it's just awkward. Want to take a guess at what was really going on there? Those are the same judgments I made of myself when I spoke in public. Now I practice thoughts like, I'm becoming a person who communicates her ideas clearly and confidently. And one I borrowed from my friend Nikki, it doesn't need to be perfect, it just needs to be shared. As soon as I stop criticizing myself and release all of my self-judgment, I become more compassionate and understanding of myself, and then of other public speakers as well. I no longer feel the need to judge because it's okay for all of us to be imperfect at communicating. We're all just doing the best we can. The more compassionate you are with yourself and the more confident you feel about your choices, the less you'll feel the need to judge other people's choices. When you feel good about how you spend your money, for example, you won't judge how other people spend theirs. How many times have you thought, hmm, must be nice to be able to go on vacation, must be nice to live in a big house, must be nice to have a nanny. But when you take responsibility for and accept your own money choices and results, you can accept the choices of others. When you feel good about your food choices, you won't feel the need to judge the way others eat. When you accept and value your own body and appearance, you'll come to appreciate all shapes and sizes. Remember, we judge others where we're most vulnerable to shame, fear, and insecurity. You may have heard what I'm talking about here referred to in several different ways. Some people say, if you spot it, you got it. Or it takes one to know one. What I judge in others exists within me. While you're pointing one finger at someone, there are three fingers pointing back at you. Psychologists call this projection. I've heard it called the law of reflection or the mirror effect. Michael Jackson sang about the man in the mirror. Whatever you call it, however you say it, the practice of looking at your judgmental thoughts and finding where they reflect your own insecurities back to you can be used as a tool to learn and grow and heal yourself. And in doing so, you show up as a more compassionate, more patient, more understanding mom. Your kids will deal with enough criticism and judgment from their peers and their teachers and their athletic coaches. 
They don't need another critical voice in their heads telling them they're not good enough or worthy enough. The more you can love yourself and your own imperfections, the more you'll be able to love them unconditionally. I remember when Marissa was a toddler and I recognized behavior and traits in her that I didn't like in myself. I went to my therapist and begged, please help me fix this. She told me that I had to heal myself rather than try to control and fix Marissa. I resisted this advice. I thought that the longer I waited to address Marissa's behavior, the worse it would get. I believed it was too late to change myself, so I had to focus on her while she was still in her formative years. At least I could save her from turning out like me, right? Wrong. My therapist was spot on. Kids learn what they live. Marissa didn't come into the world knowing about respect, responsibility, compassion, or self-love. She needed to experience what those things looked and felt like, and I needed to show her. Once, I worked with a mom of teenagers who told me she thought they were making alarmingly unhealthy choices, those were her exact words, regarding screen time and their sugary diet. I asked her how that thought made her feel, the thought that they were making alarmingly unhealthy choices, and she said it made her feel stressed. Then I asked her what she did when she felt stressed, and she told me she binge eats and drinks wine. Who was making alarmingly unhealthy choices? It's fascinating, isn't it? And so, like I said, I noticed myself judging people on the Disney cruise. I judged what they chose to eat because I was concerned with what I chose to eat. I had wanted to stay committed to eating healthy foods and to only making one or two exceptions for desserts. I felt ashamed about eating more than that, about not keeping that commitment to myself, and about eating desserts that I didn't even think were that good. So my judgmental thoughts sounded like, well, at least I'm not eating sugar and flour at every meal like they are. At least I'm not eating ice cream cones and soda and pizza like they are. The good news is that once you start doing this work, you start to see patterns and can notice and clean up your thinking a lot more quickly. So when I noticed my brain doing this, I caught it right away and released those thoughts. So how do you do that? The first step, as with everything I talk about here, is to become more aware of your judging thoughts. Now, please don't judge yourself for your judging thoughts. That'll just keep you stuck in a loop of shame and despair. Just notice them with compassion and curiosity, like when you notice yourself thinking, what in God's name is that woman wearing? Who does she think she is? Instead of criticizing yourself and thinking, I'm such a horrible person for even thinking that, you can think, whoa, that's so interesting. I wonder what's going on here. I wonder why I'm thinking that. One of the biggest problems with living in judgment is that it closes us off from seeing new possibilities and different perspectives. Being curious and asking questions helps us remain open to new ways of understanding. Shame likes to hide, so the best thing to do is to shine a light on it. My challenge to you, should you choose to accept it, is to make a list of five people that annoy you in some way. Write down their names and what annoys you about them. Really be honest and let it all out. After you've made the list, ask yourself, what is this possibly pointing to in my own life? Where am I being self-righteous? 
How is this judgment a reflection of my own judgments or fears about myself? Then once you've done that, ask yourself, what would I need to think in order to love this part of myself right now exactly as I am? If you could do that, if you could love yourself, imperfections and all, how would that make a difference in your life? And how would that love extend to the people you're currently judging? I'm giving you a lot to think about here. This is some really deep and powerful work. But I want to remind you that you don't have to do it alone. I offer free mini sessions every week to help you take these concepts and the information I share in these episodes and apply them to your own life. The mini sessions are even more powerful because we're focused just on you, your unique situation, your challenges, and your kids. But listen, I know you. I know you hear me talk about the mini sessions every week and you think, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll do it next week. No, stop it. Nothing is going to change unless you start taking action. Remember in the self-coaching model, your actions cause your results, right? So get yourself over to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and put your name on my calendar right now. One more thing, if you're finding this podcast helpful, and I really hope that you are, I would love for you to share it with one friend this week. Let a fellow mama know that this is here as a resource for her. It's really easy to send her the link to whatever app they use to listen to podcasts, lessdramamoremama.com forward slash iTunes or forward slash Stitcher or forward slash Spotify, or she can just go to my website and listen to it there as well. All right, Mama, I love you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.